scrimmage, no fans. I opened 95-97. What? Vanderbilt was always my my team growing up. 15 year year, I got cut. 17 year, couldn't go to trial, so I didn't make the team. Biggest stage, we're down by one in the bottom of six. Kid hangs, hangs a change up and you hit it 400 feet. Like, yeah, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, that yeah. was unreal to me. Pull up in my hood, they treat me like on copper. Yeah. Bro, looking up the blood on, we ain't no El Chapo. Pair Timberlands, some Nike boots, we all in block mode. Running from police is in the street like ducking potholes. This episode is sponsored by Jack's Batting Gloves, but more on that later. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, Max Clark, what's up, dude? What's going on, guys? You've probably been by far the most requested person, like, I've ever. Since day one of the podcast, people have been like, Max Clark, Max Clark. But I wanted to make sure it was, like, right in the right setting and, like, you know, you were down for me. I had, like, some time to actually do it. So, dude, thank you for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm glad to be here. And like you said, I mean... This is the, definitely the right setting. I mean, it's hometown, Franklin, Indiana. I'm glad you guys made it out here. I appreciate you guys making it out here. Yeah. I mean, a lot of cool stuff out here, so I'm, yeah, ex- I'm excited to be on. I've never been to Franklin in Indiana. I've actually never been to Indiana, so it was cool. We got to see his hometown earlier today. It was really cool, um, and we're doing, like, a day in the life video you guys will see. So, But, yeah, man, uh, tell me about, like, your hometown and, and your upbringing and kind of, like, you know, rural Indiana. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Franklin is – it's a smaller town, but it's it's been growing recently, which is really, really cool. I mean, like, as a kid, I mean, it was – it was a legit small town. I mean, we were never a one stoplight town, but we were, we were right there. Um, but I mean, now we're like upwards of 25,000 people, so many small businesses. I mean, it's booming, honestly. Yeah. It's like, it's a little bit of a booming city, which is really cool to see. And then on top of that, like the community is fantastic. Um, even from like, not just my perspective, but they handle other athletes and other people doing great things in this community so well. Um, everyone's incredibly supportive, no matter what you may do and no matter what you're pushing for. They always want to see the best out of people, and that's a, that's a, it's something you don't always see in a small town. So I enjoy it. Um, I love it here. It's it's a really, really good vibe like we talked about today. So I can't I can't complain at all, really. Yeah, dude, I'm, I, I love seeing someone from not New York or L.A. who are, who's making a name and, like, kind of bringing – now people know you're wearing that Franklin jersey and people – People see that on social media and they're like, oh, what's Franklin now? You're kind of putting a, a place on the map, which is kind of cool that it's like your hometown. You're yeah. on the map. What's it like? And then tell me about this facility that we're at right now. Kind of. Is this in Franklin, technically? Yeah. So this is in Franklin. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not too many facilities out there like this in the entire country. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm blessed to have something like this. But we got a 36,000 square foot facility behind me. I mean, 8,000 square foot weight room. Everything you can imagine from a tech standpoint, which is unreal, to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Um, and, you know, it started out as a 2200 square foot warehouse with poles in the middle every five feet so we've come a long way and it's it's really really cool I mean a lot of credit to the owner Chad and um, you know all those guys that I played with growing up when we first started it's it's really really special and this is like definitely a really really sentimental place to me but then on top of that I mean you can't ask for anything better so it's a great place to work out at with um, the the competition is actually very very good. I mean, we've had multiple college guys come in and out, probably upwards of 45. Wow! And then we also have multiple college softball commits that come in, literally from out of state, just to train with our trainers. So, um, it's a special it's a special environment here, mm-hmm. dude. So to pivot a little bit, I, I've like I've no, I've seen your Instagram for a while. I've seen your social media presence for a while, but I don't. I think last summer really started to like make it more mainstream in baseball. Like, hey, this is Max Clark. People start knowing your story. For you, when did you start seeing like the social media clout kind of rise a little bit? Exactly then. I mean, uh, after my so my sophomore high school season, I played really really well. I ended up winning uh, Gatorade Player of the Year as a sophomore, and that kind of sparked a little bit because people started like hearing my name more often. I was announced in like national articles, things like that, yeah. um, and that's when I also had hit like the number one player in the country across 
across all the platforms. So like the clicks were there on PBR profiles. It lead me to a Twitter and Instagram, things like that. Um, and then from there, I mean, I just kind of built it. I love things like this. I'm a huge networking freak. Like I love meeting with people, talking to people, having people like, you know, just interview, like stuff like this. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's a big part of who I am. I just like being transparent, talking to other people about whatever it may be, you know, positive or negative. So yeah. um, I've just slowly started to begin to build, but it definitely started last summer post G-Poy yeah. uh, sophomore year. Yeah, dude, something that Leo and I always talk about is how good you are at like using your platform and to grow even a bigger platform and then have positive impact. Like you obviously inspire so many kids out there and it's important to have someone like you because like I think I, I was looking it up one day just to see where you compare to like MLB players and dude, you're like in the 90, in like the third percentile, second percentile of like people in baseball following wise, which yeah. is really crazy. What's it like to kind of talk to these kids and see the like kids looking up to you in your comments? It's, it's a very good feeling to be completely honest I mean I was a kid as a freshman where I had reached out to a couple people that had maybe a tenth of the following that I had and you know I never hear back and like that like it didn't really like hurt me or sit with me mm -hmm. but it was just like you know I wish I could have talked to him about his yeah. process or yeah. whatever it may have been so I try and change that narrative and give back to every kid that you know has a question I mean my DMs are literally always open and I try and clear my requests and get them all done you know at least like once a night yeah. so um, I think the biggest thing for me is just being transparent and being open to people being a resource being like a, a good person a friend to somebody um, and that's like my whole Instagram and TikTok and Twitter it's all centered around that I mean you have everything from my relationships mm -hmm. To my friends, family, sports, outside sports activity. You got football in there too. Like, there's so many different branches that kids can ask questions about that I literally take time out of my day every day just to answer. So it's tough in baseball nowadays that people aren't building their brand. Like, baseball is kind of stuck in the past a little bit where, like, people, you know, like the don't bat flip stuff we were yeah. talking about earlier. Just the, the unwritten rules about baseball. Like, what do you think is the importance of a young up and coming athlete to, like, build their brand on social media? I think the biggest thing is the main focus for me is always been you can't make everybody happy so do what makes you happy yeah. I mean honestly like you got to do whatever you do that makes puts you puts a smile on your face makes you go in day in and day out and want to play like that's the biggest thing about this game is you can't go and do it because you have to you got to want to do it uh, the moment you start not wanting to play baseball is the moment everything falls apart you have to want it each and every day and um, you know like I'm a very passionate and flary guy and you know I get some hate for that I get some kickback for that and that's, that is what it is but it's not going to change who I am as a person I have the following I have because of who I am and a lot of kids love that especially the new generation like yeah. sure you know probably wasn't the same in the 90s like yeah you probably get beaned in the head like yeah. I okay cool but like, I get that. Um, but you still gotta be able to trust yourself, believe in yourself, do whatever makes you happy. Cause like I said, you're not gonna make everybody. When did you commit to Vanderbilt? I forget what you said. So November 23rd of my freshman season. Of your so. Fresh, so what, you were 14, 15? Uh, I would have been 14. 14, yeah. you yeah. should commit to Vanderbilt when you were 14 years old. What was that decision like for you? So for me, when it all came down at the very end, it was really easy. Yeah. Um, but recruiting for me started crazy early. Uh, I got my first offer in seventh grade, uh, early seventh grade. Wow. So. Um, I got a couple in-state schools right off the bat, um, and then eighth grade, uh, I went to the Bulls and started playing there, and it picked up a little bit. I was in the junior future games when they were still at Grand Park in Indiana. Um, got a couple of like the smaller ACC schools that started talking to me. I still didn't have any offers from them yet. So at, by that time in eighth grade, I was like, you know what, IU feels like home to me. You know, like it, it literally is home to me. It's 35 minutes from my house. Right. So. Um, I was pretty set and you know, I have an incredible connection with the coach there. I still do uh, family friend and his dad is like an all-time great at Franklin. So that definitely felt like home to me. 
but then uh, my freshman year, I went down to Jupiter with uh, Team Indiana, which is a you know biggest WWBA. It's how they end off the entire summer circuit season. Mm-hmm. So um, went crazy there. Hit 375 with like two doubles, like nice. eight stolen bases, and Sir. a couple walks. Had like a 500 OBP, um, and then my entire life changed basically. <laughs> from there, I jumped from like the 50, like a top 50 prospect to top three in every platform. Number one on a few. Uh, pretty much every school came rolling in, wow. um, and then in November I got a. I, I started like thinking about some other schools besides IU, and I still hadn't heard from Vanderbilt yet at this point. And then I got a camp invite, like a legit, like hey, we want you to come here. Um, and I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to go down there. I want to see what I'm made of. You know, at that point, I still really wasn't sure if yeah. I was, you know, at that level. Um, went down to camp and went probably the best day of baseball I've had in my life. Wow. I mean, during BP, I had Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter staring at me. Dude, and they were my sick. coaches for the day. And there's a hotel in right field in Nashville. And I hit a ball off that hotel at 14 <laughs> years old. And all I hear is Coach Corbin in the background go, that a boy sunshine. Yeah. And things like that, like that instantly connected me to Coach Corbin. It instantly connected me to Coach Baxter. He was the one throwing BP. He was staring at it, things like that. Like he was giving instant feedback. He was able to reach out give me things to work on, ask about my family. Uh, there was just an instant family bond there that felt like home. Then we start touring the facilities. You start touring the campus. It's also Nashville. You can't go wrong with Nashville. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge country music fan. So all of that together made the final decision way easier than what it was before Vanderbilt hit me up. So, um, I mean, Vanderbilt was always my, my team growing up uh, when I was like eight years old. I, that, was, that was when I first started watching like college baseball, yeah. and they were the first team I turned on because they were playing IU. Wow. And, like, I literally was – it's, like, it's literally the coolest thing ever to look back at it and be like, oh, wow. You know, one time I was like, oh, I want to go to IU. And the next thing you know, you're playing for the greatest college baseball program in history. Yeah. So um, it's a really cool feeling, and I'm very happy and blessed where I am. But it was definitely easier once they came around. Yeah. Is it kind of surreal for you to look back at, like, who you were at, like, 12, 13 years old, thinking where you're at now? <clears throat> it's it's actually unbelievable, to be completely honest. I mean, when I was 13, I was like, yeah, I want to go play college baseball, like every kid. Um, and, you know, it, we weren't really sure if it was a thing yet. And then, you know, things start churning offers roll around yeah. teams start calling then the next thing you know you have agents and pro scouts in your house every single week so that's so cool um it's a complete turn of the page like it's it's unreal to be completely honest because when we were when i was in kindergarten there's a laminate piece of paper that i've had since i was literally five years old and it said what do you want to be when you're older and i wrote mlb baseball player which is hilarious because it's MLB, MLB, baseball. mlb baseball player but yeah. like i every <laughs> single time like a scout will come in and be like hey like have you always wanted to do this literally we just pull that piece of pamphlet out like it's been a dream of mine and now kind of looking back that you know we have a legitimate chance of completing that dream uh it's it's for real it's it's unreal dude it's so cool because now you're like the draft projections are coming out and it's in seattle this year too. Yeah, yeah. so you probably like have that date marked on the calendar like ready for that big so, old x on big that. old yeah. x on that date so we'll be there so we're gonna be excited for that dude so what's it like seeing like these draft boards come out and it has you one or two or three like in that elite elite category what's it like just to see your name up there so, yeah so like going off of that I, I think it's it's really really cool and i'm blessed to be in that position um but i I've had to learn to tell myself is to not buy into it because the moment you get complacent in one of those things like oh I'm gonna be a top five pick the moment you get complacent it can derail you so fast um like in our household we don't even talk about the draft like literally no one here talks about it when there are pro guys here watching me work out we don't talk about it you know like we just try and act like I'm a normal high school kid I try and act like I'm a normal high school kid yeah sure there's a lot of cameras on me yeah sure I have a big following but you know each and each and every day at high school like 
I go to public high school and they treat me like I'm a normal kid because yeah. that's all I want to be yeah. right at this time, you know? Things are getting serious, time's ticking away, like, you know, it's seven months before the decision has to be made. And yeah. I do not want to think about it until six months and 30 days yeah. type deal. So, um, you know, it's really cool. I love looking at it. It's really nice. And I also kind of get a chip in my shoulder when somebody projects me like ninth or yeah, something, you know, like, that. Uh, you know, so there's a little bit of fuel in there too, but seeing that one, two and three, like I can't buy into that right now. I should be, if I'm two or three, motivate you to get to one. Yeah. And if you're one, how do you stay at one? That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah. Dude, what's your uh, like training routine look like? Cause obviously you're, I feel like you, if I was here, I'd live here. You probably seem yeah. like you would live here. So dude, so what's like your process going into a day, like a lift or a throwing session? What is your weekly routine? look? Yeah. Like? And you know, it's actually really easy. Cause we were talking about it earlier, yeah. joking about it earlier. So I get out of class at 11 every day cause I'm ahead on credits. Mm-hmm. So from there I get out of school at 11, come over here, uh, coach Carter that you guys met earlier, he'll feed me. So I usually hit from about 12 to two. Um, and then when I, well, I'm in class still, I have a, my last period of the day is a weight room class. So, uh, I got, I got an hour lift before I come and hit, um, that first lift in the mornings, way more low intensity. It's a lot of triphasic work, mm. uh, a lot of hypertrophy or, uh, excuse me, um, plyometric work. Gotcha, yeah. So a lot of like, you know, weight balance, uh, weight force things, all this stuff, moving things quickly at a high rate, moving heavy things quickly. How quickly can you move things? Um, it's a little lower intense, but it's like, it's the athletic training that you need to be a great athlete. Um, and then. I'll come here and hit afterwards. If I need to throw that day, you know, right now I'm just kind of getting the arm up to speed. So a little lighter on the throwing for right now, but we're working through the process of just getting it back to where it needs to be for the season. So um, if I need to toss it out, that'll be after my hitting. So after that 12 to two session, I'll usually go home for about an hour, um, grab something to eat, grab a protein shake, whatever it may be that day, get some caffeine. Cause at 3:15 I go back to the high school and that's my super high intent lift. Um, it's all hypertrophy. I mean, I'm talking four by four sets of squat and it's eight reps, eight reps, eight reps, and then a max set until you fail at 80%. So, I mean, that's another like hour. That's about an hour and a half. Cause it's, it's legit. That's Olympic training. That is for muscle strength and muscle size. Like that is, that's when I get after it. Um, so it's really nice because I have that balance of like getting the body right in the morning, getting the athletic movement that you need to be a great athlete to stay where I am at that five tool position, having a little bit of break to go work on the swing, hone things in. And then that you really get after it from like yeah. three to five. Um, and then I just come home, get some study done and then just play rainbow for play like rainbow, four yeah. hours a night. So yeah, rainbow. Yeah, That's great. Fun. What's your best lift or what's your favorite lift? It might be different. Actually. Honestly, my favorite lift is probably clean. Mm-hmm. And for a while that was my best lift. Um, a 335 clean. Yeah. So that was, that was my best for a while. But now it's, I think my most impressive is probably my front squat, really? which I got up to 425. Dude. So wow. That's for was, one. Yeah. For one. That's really so, impressive. Uh, or you could argue my <laughs> reverse lunge. I reverse lunge 375 for three damn on so, back or front back. have you ever tried front reverse I, lunge? Uh, they're okay yeah. uh, i just feel like i get a little unbalanced yeah it's tough um, you know i just feel like it's safer to go with the back rack yeah what's your biggest advice to like a kid who's like 13 watching this who like wants to be stronger throw harder hit harder all that i think the biggest piece of advice i can give is find a process that works for you you know a lot of these kids will go into a day and be like you know what i'm just gonna go in there and hit a ball as hard as i can i'm gonna go in there and take 200 swings it's like no break it up find an attack plan find something that works for you you know i was once the kid when i was 13 14 15 all i wanted to do was take 100 swings lift heavy weight and have a lot of fun like yeah that's great but there's a time where you have to find a process that works for you there's a time where you have to find a certain trainer or a hitting coach who can hone things in that are advanced that have been around the next level of the game um and for me like i mean i have four separate trainers i have a uh, like i have a, my own like i do my nutrition on my own because i'm very educated in that side i do a lot of my own weight plan on my own because i'm very educated in that side and then i have like like I said, four trainers on the baseball side. So 
I've been able to market all those things, put them all together and have this fantastic process that I go in each and every day. So um, for me, my biggest piece of advice is just find a process and then clichely trust the process. That, so. was, that was a great answer. Yeah. Dude. A lot of people, yeah, I think a lot of kids, I talk about this a lot, but like they want just like the quick fix for five exactly. miles an hour on velocity, 100%. but it's like very slow process. Uh, I mean, it took me a year and a half to get up to like what I am now. I mean, yeah. from my freshman year, I was 135 pounds, 140 pounds. By the end of my sophomore year, I was 185. And I mean, it was a dramatic change, but you have to look at the, that was a year and a half, year and three quarter time. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to notice it day to day. It's, oh, this week I felt a little bit stronger. Oh, a month later, that weight that I used to max out on, I can now do for three reps, yep. something like that. It's, there's no quick fix to anything, mm -hmm. to be completely honest. It's all got to take time. You got to put in the effort. You're, you're going to get in what you put out. Mm -hmm. So, or excuse me, you're going to get out what you yeah. put in. Yeah. 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 What yeah. are your like, biggest resources? Because you said you're like, educated because uh, you probably take a lot of time to research what's nutrition, training, and all that stuff. What are your big, do you listen to like, podcasts or books? So, or yeah. Uh, so from a mental side, I'm huge on this. So on a mental game side, I mean, I'm listening to the like, Millionaire Wealth, yeah. everything on that side side because it's not so much about the money side that they talk about for me it's about the psychological the mental health like all of these things are fantastic I mean Ed Millette is one of the greatest speakers yeah, ever love man. listening to Ed um, I've actually had a conversation with Ed it's fantastic wow. so that's really really cool I uh, read his book like it's great um, and then I read a memoir called Shoe Dog on yeah, and Phil Knight, Knight dude. yeah really good there really like, good I'm super interested in that stuff I'm a very intellectual human and my way is reading researching mm -hmm. listening um, I can do all of those things you know an hour a night and you're gonna get so much smarter about your body about your head about your brain all these things like I mean, I'm super obsessed with that stuff. So, like, I'm a little, I'm nerding out dude, right same. now. Same. Shoe Dog, when you said Shoe Dog, yeah, I got dude. chills because I love that book yes, so much. Dude. So good. I'm going to reread it before we go to Oregon because yeah. I got to get back exactly. in. Exactly. You got to lock in because yeah, yeah. you're going to Oregon. You're going to so. Oregon, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, like, that stuff for me is huge. And then from, like, the weight side and the nutrition side, I mean, I've been around Olympic, CrossFit, everything. I've been on all sides of it. Athletic trainer from, like, a Division One standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, so, first of all, that's a resource that I can go to person to person and ask any question I want. They got the answer. Um, but I also do a lot of my own reading. I do a lot of my own researching. Uh, I mean, Google Scholar is actually really, really good yeah. if you use the Scholar yeah, and not yeah, just yeah. regular Google. Right. So you can find so many articles about the body, muscle anatomy, so many things like that. Do you that. watch like YouTubers? On yeah. YouTube? So I, like? I don't, um, I actually don't like pick one. Mm -hmm. Usually it's just like, hey, let me look this up. Let's see what they have to say about it. Like gotcha. if it's a topic, like, you know, kinesiology. I'll look up usually like something like Khan Academy. Yeah, like they yeah, have yeah. a really good lesson they on do. kinesiology. Yeah. So like... It's really, really, there's so many resources out there these days that if you don't want to pay for somebody or you don't need to, just get on the internet and trust, find a trusted source that has a, you know, CSCS, something like that. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's so funny that you say that. Khan Academy actually has some really good stuff. They got really stuff. good stuff. And not just like from your normal K through 12 standpoint. Like they have some good adulthood. Very niche things yes, too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Dude, who are some of like the coolest people? You said uh, Ed Milet, like that's a really cool one. Who are some of the coolest people you've met uh, through your like, you know, social media rise? Or just in general from baseball. So I've had I've had conversations and I've been on Zoom calls with like the uh, former CEO of um, StockX, so Josh oh, Luber. Wow. I uh, had a really good call with him. I want to say in September, October. So that was really really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, sneakerhead me plus I mean the biggest of the sneakerhead yeah. who literally created StockX. So like yeah. that was super cool conversation. Uh, I had conversations with the ex CEO of um, Nike. So wow, VJ, yeah. So like VJ, I mean that was crazy. Yeah. Like. Literally, I just joined a random Zoom that my buddy had set up, and we were just kind of going back and forth, and it was just like, 
Oh my god, dude! So you have like a business entrepreneur. Yeah, mind. absolutely. Yeah. What, have you thought about starting your own business or like there's, what would it be? There's things down the road that I definitely want to do. Yeah. It's just I kind of got to figure out how to do it. Um, I mean, the agent, my agency will hook me up with a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, like Jeff Smarja's LLC is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm with Sam, so there's a lot of cool things that we can do. And I mean, he's done it with a lot of players, and I've yeah. seen a lot of players who do like the MPOs or the mm-hmm. LLCs. So definitely want to do something like that, whether it's a foundation or whatever it may be. I mean, I'm definitely interested in that. Um, and then like my brother and I, if I actually never played baseball when I was younger, we wanted to be, since he's a lawyer, we actually wanted to open our own LLC cool, and run our own. So, and what would like, what would you do or what would you, no idea. Yeah, no idea. Like we, we literally it. had no idea. Yeah. So that we literally were just, we were brainstorming about it literally just the other day. We were like, we can do so many things because he's, he has a different kind of mind than I do. Yeah. And he can do so many different things with his mind that I can do on the opposite side. Yeah. And it's just like all of these things come together. We can form something really special. Mm-hmm. We just got to really plan it out. Yeah. Leo and I just made the LLC for Enjoy the Show. Yeah. And like, we have so many ideas. We're like, baseball's wide open for content. We got to just like, you know, do all, we have Dive so many in. different ideas. So right now that's why we're like, we're okay with traveling and like, sure, it's going to be a little bit of money, but like this is very special. And I think as a whole, baseball needs something like this. 100%. And this is very special for baseball in the same way that you're building your brand and like leaning into the fact that like like yeah like people look up to me and this is really cool and also you're mature and you have this like great head on your shoulders which I think a lot of kids look up to I see sometimes like dads in your comments who are like hey my son loves you could you like send a video and say hi that's so like dads aren't really asking big leaguers for that but they're asking you because kids relate more to an 18 year old than they do a 35 year old absolutely and I think that's what you just said is like the biggest thing is I'm someone that a kid can relate to and it's really, really like pleasing when they have someone that they can relate to because you have no idea what's going on in somebody's life. Yeah. You don't have any yeah. clue. So being able to have someone, whether you know them or not, but you can at least relate to what they're doing, what they're going through, what they may have gone through, things like that, it's really cool and it's helpful. I mean, I've been there. So Yeah. What's been your like best moment in the last like few years going up and through summer ball or high school ball? What's been like your best baseball moment, you think? Best baseball moment's a hundred percent when I hit the go ahead home run against Canada. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it was controversial because people hate bad flips. But like that is besides the point. To me, you like a lot of people don't understand what that what that was to me. I mean, 15 new year I got cut. 17 year I got COVID, couldn't go to trial, so I didn't make the team. Um, 18 new year finally made it. You know, biggest stage. If we lose to Canada, we're not playing for gold. We're down by one in the bottom of the sixth. Kid heads, hangs a changeup and you hit it 400 feet. Like, yeah, I'm gonna lose my mind. Like that <laughs> yeah. was unreal to me because yeah. it had personal connection mm-hmm. as well as you're representing the name United Country States bro. of America. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that was so more than just a home run for me that people don't really understand that. Yeah. And I mean, shout out Jeff Fry. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Is what it uh, is, man. I mean, people have their what. Like, I, I kind of know what your take is on this, but like, what would you say? you know, the new age versus old age of baseball, where would you say you lie on that? Like, I, li- I lie like a little bit ahead of like the new age. Like, uh-huh. you know, I love flair. I love passion. I hate arrogance. You know, people think like I have a hint of arrogance and it's like, yeah, okay. Everybody does at some point. But what I try and do is I play a game through passion and flair, which people don't like cause they think it's arrogant. It's not, right. I'm playing because this game is a lot of fun. I'm playing cause I'm passionate about this game. I'm playing cause I hate to lose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people don't really understand that. So I love competitors, and competitors are not just going to be there to be there. They're not just going to play with zero emotion. They want to win, so they're going to do whatever it takes. And when things are going well, how can you handle yourself? When things are going bad, how can you handle yourself? That's what a lot of people don't understand either is I'm just as empathetic and energetic that I am when I'm playing like crap when I am playing really well. So, you know, it's not like I'm riding the wave, and it's not like I'm only emotional or only – 
you know, bat flipping excited, whatever, when, uh, you know, something's going well. Somebody's like, well, you wouldn't be doing that if, you know, you'd be so mad if the pitcher did that after you struck out. It's like, no, he struck me out, and I sorted. Like, you know what, good pitch, bro. Celebrate yeah. all you want. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. get you next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Also, one more thing before we take a break. What, you said earlier at breakfast, you're like, yeah, I've been up to 99, and like you said it so casually. Like, what? When did your velocity? Because I'm a, I'm from a pitching background. When did your velocity on the mound? Like, when did you notice you? Oh, I throw pretty hard. Yeah. So, as a seventh, what was what was 13? You 13? Is that seventh grade? Yeah. So seventh grade, I was 82, 83. Okay. So I was I, I was always a really hard thrower and a lefty. Too. Yeah, I was always a really hard thrower. Um, as a young kid, I always had a really live arm. I, my arm speed's ridiculous. Like I'm. You know, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but like I'm just—I was yeah. blessed with really good arm speed, mm-hmm. so I always threw hard. Um, and then freshman year came around, and I was like 87, 89, 91, 94, cool. and I stayed there. And then sophomore year, I like I touched a five. Wow, dude. Or no, this was that was junior year. Sorry, yeah. freshman year I was like 86, 88, and then I hit a 90. Sophomore year I was 90, 93, and then I hit the four. Oh. And then last year, junior year, I was like I opened Ron Colley, and it was a scrimmage. No fans, no injury at yeah. all. I opened 95, 97. What? In like 33 degree weather. For, it was in like March 23rd, bro. That's absurd. And I mean, I was 95, 97. Sliders like 85. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think of when I hit. And then uh, I went down to, so we played a school called Bloomington North. No, who do we? Oh, uh, Bedford North Lawrence, B and L. So we yeah. played Bedford North Lawrence. Um, and it was a one o'clock game. And it was literally. 32 degrees. Oh, my God. And I was warming up, and I was long tossing. I was like, damn, my arm feels really good. Because you know when, like, you throw it and you don't feel anything? Yeah. Like, you just feel like, like air. Like, right today. Exactly. You're <laughs> like, oh, body's in line. Mm-hmm. And I went out there, and I was 96, 98, hit a nine. Oh, my um, God. And, I mean, I was just throwing fuzz balls, On dude. 32, yeah. 32 it was like, weather. Yeah, it was like 32, 35 degrees. It was ridiculous. Dude. I mean, I was just throwing fuzz. And then, um, yeah, that's absurd. Yeah. And then I was, that was it. And then what's your max pull down, you said? 100, 103.8. That's so, crazy, dude. Because I'm like... I pride myself on mobility. So, like, I take time before every, every, before and after every lift to, like, do mobility. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hyper mobile. Mm-hmm. So, I can get into, like, weird positions with my body, yeah. which just unlocks so much VO for me. Sick. If you guys are looking for a high quality, durable, and dope pair of batting gloves for the season that's coming up, well, look no further because Jack's Batting Gloves has got you. For an extremely affordable price, you can get Jack's latest and most high quality design yet, the Jack's Model 1 Batting Glove. They say it's where durability means performance. Not only is the glove made from 100% premium Cabretta leather and handcrafted for superior quality, but it also features an unbeatable grip and unique thumb protection feature to minimize the risk of thumb injuries from hard inside pitches. And the best part is these gloves come at an affordable price point, making them accessible to all players. With Jax's latest offering, they now cater to all players by providing both webbed and non-webbed gloves. Go check out their Instagram because they're doing a giveaway right now if you want some free gloves. They're dropping their new model on February 1st, so like two days after this video is being uploaded. So go enter that giveaway, but if you don't want to miss out and want to make sure you secure your size, you can pre-order your pair on their website and use the code DSTAR for 10% off your order. Thanks again to Jax for sponsoring this episode. They have some really cool products, man. They sent me them, and I, I really like them. They're very comfortable and obviously very affordable, too, so go check them out for the season. And without further ado, let's get right back to the episode with Max. All right, so we're talking a little bit earlier about, like, your favorite books or your favorite resources to, like, go to for information, but I, I got to ask, what are your top three books? I'd have to go, like, Shoe Dog with Phil Knight. Obviously, like, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. And then probably Dave Goggins, part one. Can't hurt me. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. unreal. Like, unreal. 
Um, and then we'll go Power One More by Emily. Okay. Like that one was just really good from like a like a mental strength standpoint. That was really cool. When did you first start getting into like reading and the mindset routine of like learning information and stuff? So my freshman year, I got introduced to like a vision board, okay. and that kind of like sparked like the psychological side. Is that when like you have pictures on? Yeah, so like pictures and like work like positive affirmations mm-hmm. and like goals and all this stuff. So I had I have all that stuff on like my mirror at home, uh, like literally in my bathroom. So I have like a dry erase section, like pictures of like you know, wards, things like that. Like, mm. oh, this is what I want. Right. Dream car, dream lifestyle, all this stuff awesome. is super cool. Um, but like that's, vision boards usually like lead towards materialistic ideas. And then you have like the positive affirmations, like how do I get there? How do I keep a strong mind in this? Right. Things like that. So it was really cool. <laughs> no, that's chill, that's chill. I think it's fine. No, I think he's gonna go back. Obviously, baseball is what people know you as. They know you as Max Clark, the baseball player, but what are some of your other hobbies outside of baseball? Honestly, like, to keep it really simple, I just like trying to be a real high school kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Franklin, so, like, there's not a ton of stuff to do around here. Like, you know, the occasional trip, like, we have Top Golf up in Fishers, and my buddies and I go probably more often than normal people go to Top Golf, mm-hmm. just because it's, like, the, it's the one thing that's close to Indy. Like, we can go up and do it a lot. You know, I love it. Um, yeah. It's a blast for me, um, and they take care of us. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun up there. Um, but then, like, just like your normal high school activities, I mean, we go – like me and my buddies leave the student section for basketball games like that's a blast we're we're pretty solid like it's really fun um and then like i like to fish too so that's like the one thing that like if i wasn't playing baseball in the summer i'd go and do and then on top of that real golf i mean me and my buddies play probably probably four times a week when i'm home for like a week long so i mean we play every single day through the week like both my friends live on a uh, live on a club like so i can just go over since i live in the country and like they're nice courses and we're all actually pretty good so it's a lot of fun i thoroughly enjoy it earlier we were talking about how impressive your siblings are and how impressive your family is in general which obviously probably most people don't even know so tell me a bit about your family and how how you learned from them to be who you are today yeah i mean absolutely like I have a really, really good support group because, you know, my parents are divorced, but, like, everybody gets along. I mean, some people don't really have two loving parents, and I'm lucky enough to have four, Mm -hmm. um, and they all get along. So, like, it's really, really special. Um, The support group's crazy. And then my brother and my sister are, first of all, freaks of nature with their minds, Mm -hmm. um, and they were also really good athletes. So uh, dad was a really, really good football player. Mom was an IU cheerleader. Like, she was a really good athlete, too. Uh, and then sister was an all-state tennis player. Brother was an all-state baseball football player. Wow. So it's like it, the athletics ran in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them got to play at the next level. Uh, they all had the opportunities to. <clears throat> uh, my dad had the opportunity to play at the highest level, but he actually broke his collarbone his senior year. Wow. So back then, like, that was a deal, deal breaker. Mm-hmm. My, my parents are older, so he was, he was done, sadly. Um, but now, like, you know, they do everything they can to support me, no matter what it is. I mean, most of every single tournament in the last three years, all sets of parents have been down there. Nice. Dude. And, like, that's all across the country. That's so much money, so much time, so much time away from other that's things. really like, special, dude. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. Everyone travels. It's amazing. Like, my sister even flies out because she lives in New York, so she'll fly out all the time to get to any game she can. My brother will fly down sometimes when he's not busy with work. Same with my sister. Like, it's special, man. They're, like I said, they're freaks. Um, they're so intelligent. Sister went to Duke and Columbia. Um, brother went to IU and Mauer and graduated a total of three years early wow. um, with like a law degree. Mm-hmm. So, like they are, they're just special, man. Yeah. So you have a pretty uh, exciting next six months coming up. What do you like? Set goals, like really strong objective goals. Like I want to hit twelve home runs or whatever. Or are you more just like day to day? What can I do? Or a mix of both? A little bit of mix of both. I try not to set limitations on my season, but I try and set like you know 
if we get here, this is really good. Mm -hmm. So let's let's at least get here. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of have like a minimum requirement. Sure. Um, but the, usually the minimum requirement would be like a state record. Yeah, like, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm at the point where I'm trying to hit at least 600 this season. I'm trying to be on base at least 700, you know, like whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So like... I last year I broke the home run record at my high school. I want to beat my own record yeah. this year. What was it? Last uh, year? Nine. And so you want to get 10? yeah. So I'm trying to hit double digit home runs. I I should have last year. I hit six in the first ten games, uh. and then I just got I, I didn't get in a slump because I finished hitting. I went five. I hit five seventy seven <laughs> with a seven seventeen OBP last oh year. God. But I like I couldn't get the ball out of the park. Mm -hmm. I hit like. 14 doubles or something like that. I was like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> so I'm trying to get double digits this year. I think that'd be really special. It'd be really cool. Uh, I'm really close to the all-time base, uh, stolen base. I'm really close to the all-time hits. Uh, I think I already broke the all-time walks. Hmm. Because I have more walks than hits in really? high school career. No, yeah, I have 70 you get intentionally walked a lot? I don't get intentionally walked, but I'll get around. like, yeah, I'll get like four pitch walked. Um, but like they're trying to throw strikes, but they're, they're like way too cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I have 77 walks and 71 hits in my career. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah so your on base percentage must was be crazy. crazy. Yeah. It was cool. like, there was a point last year where I was in like the 800s, and it was just like, this is ridiculous. I, I, I mean, I had a good season last year. So hopefully, follow it up this year. Um, but I'm excited. Um, I'm just, I'm still blown away that holiday. Like, mm. we don't play enough games mm. to hit that, get that many hits anyway, but like, I want to have a season like that. Yeah. In, in my 20 games that I get to play because of weather. This season was insane. Is Oklahoma? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. They play like 49 games or something like that. That's it's crazy. like, I'm this, you, you play 30 here if you win state. Right. Like, that's it's nuts. nuts. That's crazy. What, what are some of your biggest, like, long term goals, like five, 10 years down the line? You know, like, I feel like it's really hard to just be like, hey, I want to be an all star. Well, okay. Yeah. I'd like to be in the Hall of Fame too. Like, sure. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I feel like that's really hard to put a limit on. I feel like, like again, I, you know, I don't want to do that because it's just feel like you limit your career. Like, oh, you want to be an all-star? Why don't you want to be a Hall of Famer? Like, yeah, of course, I want to be a Hall of Famer. You mm -hmm. can say that, but that's not a realistic goal. And it's not, in a, like, I try and make, like, smart goals, if you know what that, like, Q is, like, S-M-A-R-T goals, mm -hmm. which is, like, reasonable, time-worthy, like, worth your time, like, all this stuff. It's yeah. like an acronym. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So, like, I try and make smart goals where – you know, I want to do something bigger for my community in the next five years. I want to do something that makes people remember who I was in the next 10. Mm -hmm. How can I make this brand that I have for myself translate to a LLC, an MPO that helps other kids around the world get to where I've been? Yeah. Things like that. So I try and not set sports-based goals. I try and set goals that I can use with playing well in my sport to get to the next level of the goals that I want to complete. Yeah, I think that's that makes a ton of sense, dude. That's It's just kind of cool to see someone at your age, like, so... We were talking about, like, Boston earlier. You and Boston Flannery are very similar, like, mature minds, but also, like, you're still kids and still yeah. want to have fun, but also you see the bigger picture. Exactly, you, you separate takes. yourself from places that you shouldn't be, and you elevate to places that you have to be. That's a great way to put it. Where, where did you kind of learn this mindset? Are your parents very, like, yeah, motivational? Yeah, I mean, parents are really good. I mean, like... They were all, everybody in my family is intelligent. Plus, they've been through the process. Like, my brother was getting college offers. My sister was getting looked at by colleges. Like, they get it, um, and they know what it takes. And my brother, especially, like, he, he was a good enough athlete to play to do the same things I'm doing. He was just challenged with height. So sure, it's like, sure. it was a struggle. But he understands and kind of, like, he surveys me. He does everything. He makes sure I'm in check. And that's the other thing is, like, I have people that will check me and mm. tell me to quit being blank That's if so I'm important. not being yeah. who I should be mm -hmm. you know I, I have I have people around me that trust me enough and that I trust them enough to be like hey dude like relax or hey you need to step it up or you know get in the weight room or something whatever maybe so yeah lock in yeah, yeah. 
Burn the boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. You burn the boats. Yeah. Uh, dude, so that, I think that can wrap it up. I definitely think we'll do a part two sometime Absolutely, down the road. yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about or to the people watching? I mean, hey, just like and subscribe. That's all I got. Like and subscribe. <laughs> you heard it. Uh, dude, yeah. Is there anything else you think we should